Welcome to the Surge Strength Podcast, powered by Ritter Sports Performance. This podcast is dedicated to helping swim coaches and swimmers learn how to properly implement dry land and strength training programs that result in moving better, reducing injuries, and swimming faster. Let's join your host, Chris Ritter. Everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Surge Strength Podcast. Hope you're doing well. All right, just a few days left between now and when I will be hosting the free webinar, The Process of Dryland Training. Remember, you can go register for free. I hope you'll join me. We're going to have some surprises for those attendees that are live. It's The Process of Training. And then Monday morning, bright and early, make sure you're checking your inboxes for when we are going to open enrollment for you to become Surge Strength Dryland Certified. We've already had so many coaches reaching out to us asking, all right, when is this? I am ready. I'm locked in. I've got my staff ready to sign up as well. And remember, there's a discount if you have enough coaches on your staff. So make sure you check out all that information on surgestrength.com slash certification so you will be ready to take advantage as soon as doors open because they're not going to be open for very long just a few days next week then we're closing it and we're going to be helping all the coaches and swimmers that are enrolled to become ssdc move through the curriculum and support them as much as we can in their journey to gaining more knowledge and confidence when it comes to dryland training. One coach that is moving towards more knowledge and confidence, he's actually in the middle of becoming SSDC, is Luis Luibs. And he is up in Canada, uh, originally from Mexico. His story just in itself is interesting. But Luis has great insight because as a swimmer, he actually had some really high-level coaches and was actually a pretty high-level swimmer. And so he he's seen what it takes to get to that level. But he also at the same point understands that training has evolved since he was a swimmer. So he can't just rely on what he was put through as a swimmer in terms of dry land or in the water training. So I love it that he is continuing to try to evolve and figure out what's the best way for my athletes in particular. And one quote that just stood out to me from this interview you're about to hear with Luis is just in swimming, if you have no flexibility, you have no speed. And how many coaches out there are thinking right now, yeah, I got a couple kids, they don't move very well. They don't have great mobility in their shoulders. I get on them because they're losing water, they're not catching, they don't have that early vertical forearm. All of those things you're never going to fully address if you just look at how do you attack it in the water. You have to put your athletes in a position to be in the position that you want them to be in the water. And you do that best through dryland training. So it's great to chat with Luis and understanding his evolution in dryland training and how him enrolling to become SSDC. Again, he hasn't even completed, but he's already being able to put stuff to use and the kids are connecting and they're seeing results in the water. So let's jump on in and talk with Luis. Dryland Talk. So um, that, that's that's where the mixture of uh, disciplines uh, to me, the flexibility uh, and the, the two things that, that help the flexibility at the same time, because just staying up and, and just stretching one muscle doesn't do anything. Right. Uh, so uh, disciplines like yoga, where at the same time you're working on the breathing patterns, mm-hmm. on, the, on, on your control, uh, kind of on the mindset of holding that 
feeling of uh, your muscle is burning, but it's really not a problem, yeah, that's, right? That's a great point, Luis, about, you know, being in yoga, you have to have breath control. It's not that, you know, you're holding your breath like in the water, you can only breathe at a certain amount of time, but you have to be conscious of your breath. And then just being able to hold that position and in a sense, feel comfortable with being uncomfortable, just holding yep. it. It's very similar yep. to what you're going to feel at the end of a set or end of a race. Yeah. And, and the other discipline to me important is uh, calisthenics. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very ancient technique and it's pretty much based on, on, on your own body weight. Yeah. Right? And, and the, 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 you have to dominate your body. You have to be able to, to change the poses. That builds lots of strength. And, and that strength, uh, it's very, you can translate that to the water very easily, right? Mm. So that helps on the range of motion. Yeah. Of course, we, we still do squats with weights and, mm-hmm. and, and, and pull-ups and, 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 and push-ups and all of those exercises that you also need, right? But um, techniques, yoga help a lot on the core, on the core work, because mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty much everything is uh, based there. So uh, that, those two disciplines help us a lot into balancing that uh, range of motion, flexibility, and the joint strength, right? Uh, one of the things I've learned with the physiotherapy experts is that the, the injuries come not because the muscles are weak, it's because the joints and the, the other parts, the other components around the muscles are weak. Mm-hmm. So you have to also train those. And yeah, ligaments, that- connective tissue tendons, they adapt so much slower than muscles. Exactly. And so, yeah, you may be able to do a, a few more push-ups, but if, you know, everything around the shoulder isn't yep. adapting at the same rate as, you know, your pectoralis major or biceps or triceps, at some point you're going to run into a brick wall. Luis, I love how you said, I want the athletes to dominate their body, like own, own what you can do. That just, I, I can picture athleticism there in terms of you being a complete athlete on land. And then of course, that's going to translate to faster swimming in the water because you have to manipulate your body through this fluid and being able to control it. I I love that picture. And it's striking to me uh, when we had you felt some questions before that, you know, you put down when you first started coaching a long time ago, you actually thought dryland was counterproductive. Talk to me about what what you think about looking back on that now. And and now the success that you're having on, on zoom dryland with kids. Well, um, you know, when, I don't know if the, every coach story, it's the same as me, but uh, when I started coach, uh, coaching, I didn't want to coach. Mm. <laughs> I was just a, a, a professional athlete that I was quitting, but I didn't have a job, so I needed money. And the only thing that I knew to do very well was swimming. So why not to <laughs> tell the kids there what I was go. doing, yeah. right? So w- when I started to coach, uh, I had a I had two big mentors. Uh, uh, one is Jack Simon. He was my, my coach. And then he left and uh, Paul Bergen came in and, uh, and took over. So they, they, were, they were my mentors. Paul was, uh, he, he taught me a lot on how to coach. Um, but my experience as an athlete with Dryland um, was really not a good one um, because uh, at certain point of my career, I was uh, just doing weightlifting, like lots of loads, mm-hmm. uh, chest press of 120 pounds, uh, sit up, uh, um, yeah, squats with 250 pounds and all of that, right? But that wasn't really translating to a faster swimmer. 
I was just mm. better at, at, at adding weight of, on those exercises, but I wasn't getting faster in the water. Right. And that's the whole point. It's not like you're training to be a weightlifter or bodybuilder exactly. or, you know, to be able to show off the muscles. You want to see results in the pool. Uh, absolutely. And then uh, there was a point where I sit down with the coach and say, I'm not going to do any more weightlifting because I don't like it. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a swimmer. I like to swim. Right. I like the action, not the one, two, three, ten. Right. <laughs> uh, so long, long story short, there was a change on, uh, on, on I changed program as an athlete. Uh, and I went to, uh, to a program that, um, as I said, Jack Simon came in and the, 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 the program also hired, um, uh, how do you call it? A trainer, uh, okay. a strength, conditioning, trainer, coach. A strength yeah. conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's also a, a very good one. Uh, his name is Vern Gambetta. Mm-hmm. So he came in and bring a lot of different perspective and, so my, I, I was still an athlete. So everything that changed from there, it, like I was seeing results on what we were doing on dryland the next day, like right away. I was, okay, I, I feel strong in the water. Okay, I, I can pull better. Okay, my, my underwater side, now I have more power from the core. So yeah. I, right? So all of those things were translating immediately, right? But the, the exercises that we were doing, when I started coaching, I was coaching uh, kids uh, eight to, to 11 years old. Mm. They were not able to do those exercises because they didn't have the body control. So yes. I was like, okay, if I make them do this, they're going to get injured and it's a waste of time. <laughs> so then I did not do any dryland, any dryland. Oh, it so you just went completely. <laughs> serial dryland, everything in the water. Um, and so with time, I, I was finding out that in order to get the, the results that you want, it just takes too much time, too mm. much time to, 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 to get the same results, right? Uh, because every technique component that you want to work, it, it has a endurance component, but also a strength component, mm-hmm. right? And as you said, uh, everything takes a lot of time to adapt into mm-hmm. what you are asking for, right? And if, if you just do it in the water, it just takes even longer, right? So that's because where... there's really so little resistance in the water, right? It is. It, 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 you you think about the the pounds per inch that you have to actually put in pressure in the catch, c- compared to you know even a moderate dumbbell, it's not even close. And so you're right in terms of if the weight is so little in terms of the water in terms of force, you have to magnify that so much more to get it versus dry land, if you yeah. increase the force, but you have good technique, now it only takes a few reps to get what maybe would yeah. have took 10,000 in the pool. Yeah, and, and, and there's other components like gravity, mm-hmm. uh, um, like for example, holding your um, horizontal position with your body, like mm-hmm. hinging down. Yeah. Uh, it demands different uh, concentration uh, on keeping the muscles to work to, to mm. get that po- position it's different than when you're in the water because when you're in the water there's not too many forces that are playing with you right mm-hmm. it's easier to have an, uh, a flat position in the water or not to notice that you don't have the proper position right uh, one of the biggest things i find for sprinters is their hips they tend to go down and then with that curve you're carrying water you're dragging water <laughs> 
right? So you're that's that's just slowing you down. But if just you're able extra to, weight. if you, exactly, so if you're able to to bring the hips up, then you go faster, mm-hmm. right? With less effort or the same effort, then boom, voila, right? So um, I think that for the swimmers, absolutely, I'm I'm a hundred percent believer that if a, a swimmer is not an athlete, and and we see it even more and more and more with the with the new. Uh, Athletes, Olympic swimmers, Caleb Russell, even Ryan Lochte, uh, Michael Phelps, they're, they're showing up that yes. this is about being an athlete, mm-hmm. uh, being able to do uh, different things from different sports and all of that, and then carrying that to, to the water, right? Yeah, the, uh, the, the finalists at the Olympics or even Olympic trials, any national level, you could almost take them and put them in another sport and they're probably going to look fairly similar in terms of, Oh, that's an athlete. And whereas before, you know, 60s, 70s, you could probably point out who the swimmer was, right? Like the the gangly, you know, they're, they're maybe not as coordinated behind the blocks, but I feel now it's just high level athletes. And now they have the specific skill of how do I get fast in the water, you know, down and back. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the things uh, I remember I, I saw on the, um, Search, uh, certification is that uh, you were mentioning that distance swimmers, right? Uh, the, the importance of having a good dryland program for distance swimmers, uh, and and we we that happened to us in a, in the program in Mexico for uh, we we had a fifteen hundred swimmer that um, he, he was behind. He was like mm. rated on on top four. Uh, uh, on the country and all of that and so what we did is we added a lot of uh work on on the on the weight on the weight room right mm. so um based on resistance based on but just making him stronger right yeah and just the fact of that he was able to go faster and with his ability of persist yeah. he, was, he was able to just hold the speed for longer, right? That <laughs> yes. mathematically just brings you to a faster time. That's what all, what you want, right? So yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we're proving that now that we're forced to only do dryland. Um, we we don't have a lot of aerobic portions. What what we do is well, two or three sessions where we have uh, some. Uh, programs that are based on jumping jacks and all yeah. of that just to keep the, the the lower aerobic portion going there but we also started with a running challenge through an app where uh, you set up a race and you yeah, let yeah. everyone oh, go cool. out and race uh and and it's just shorter distance right 3k 5k even up to 7k mm-hmm. uh which that put the kids around uh 35 to yeah, yeah. maybe 50 minutes mm-hmm. uh, but that's that's as much, right? Yeah. And we do that once a week. Uh, mm-hmm. we, so we have that challenge once a week. Uh, we created uh, our own um, version of the ISA, ISL. League. Oh yeah, yeah. So we created our own version in the club, which is we, we call it the oh that's it's, cool, Luis. <laughs> the Seahawks League. Uh, <laughs> so we created every group, uh, like all the athletes, they they're separating in two in two teams. Uh, so they're competing up against each other for for a weekly point, right? Mm-hmm. So th- that's that's what helps them to go out and run, uh, and then then they score points about uh, just by participating, by completing the distance, so for so on. Um, and then we're keeping that as as a competition because 
we, we can really not, we didn't want to have a competition on, on a Zoom, on a dry land. Right. Have, um, like, for example, how many push-ups you can do in a minute. Right? Mm-hmm. because that's counterproductive of what we're what we're trying to teach we uh, wanna... i love that you were thinking on that level <laughs> it's, it's not it's not just you know how many reps can we get in but almost you have to think what what's the point first right like why are we doing this and yeah, what exactly. purpose is this going to serve and then probably in your mind you have to think and and how are you know pre-teenage teenage kids going to take this and run with it in in their own room, you know, on Zoom and yeah. to be able to kind of make sure you corral that competitiveness a little bit yeah. and make sure it's not going to turn into, oh, by two weeks into this competition, everybody's shoulders are shot because they're just trying to one up their buddy because yeah. that, that's a good thing for swimmers to have, right? That that competition, but you can't let it run amok. Yeah, exactly. Or, or, or do, do anything that you do uh, at a time and, and see how many reps you can do is without the, you can do it, but with control where, mm-hmm. where you can see the athletes, where if they break the form, you say, stop. Yeah. Right? yeah. But on a Zoom competition, it's just not possible. Right. Yeah. So we, so we went, we wanted to have that. So um, that's, that's, that's awesome. what, that's what we did. Yeah, Luis, you mentioned you had enrolled in the surge strength dryland certification. What was the tipping point where you said, and especially too, I mean, you've had experience putting together dryland programs, being a collaborator, you know, working under some great coaches. What made you decide, hey, I need to sign up and take my dryland knowledge a little bit more? Well, as I said, uh, I feel uh, I felt really challenged when I was uh, sending the the workouts, mm. when I was having to have a priority. Uh, balance on, 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 on what is the type of work that we were doing. And also I, I felt very challenged myself in my knowledge on, do I really know the exercises correctly? I've mm-hmm. done it as, as, as an athlete, I've, I've seen other people teach them, but do I really know them? Mm-hmm. So then I start finding different ideas and programs and, and, and I'm, I, I did a little research uh, and I found this program and I was like, okay, I, I need to know something else. So I need, uh, so that's, that's why I, I decided to enroll. And I, I, I'm uh, always, my philosophy is uh, you, you have to continue to learn. You, you have to have that every day. You have to learn something new. So uh, if, if you're not progressing on, on what you're doing and you're not challenging your knowledge, uh, you're just going to stock and you're going to end up doing things that they worked, but you're not sure that they will work. <laughs> That's again. a great point is that as an athlete, you could say, hey, this worked. But then as a coach, sometimes it's a little different, right? Because you're not the one necessarily doing the reps, putting in the effort. And, and maybe it worked as a combination of your just sheer determination that I'm going to become better. I'm going to yeah. get better. And yeah. not necessarily that. And, and there's many, there's a lot of things that changes with time, with cultures. Yeah. Like, yeah. like for me, the way that I'm coaching now in Canada, it's absolutely different than, than, than how I was coaching. In That's a great point. Cultures is, are different. The mindset uh, of the teenagers, it, it, they have different uh, distractions on depending on the culture, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you have to be able to adapt and you have to be able to change your philosophy to every athlete. Because mm-hmm. even every athlete in the same program, siblings, they're not the same. 
right? They, they, they have different. So you have to be, that that's just uh, comes out of if you're really pushing yourself into learning new things, right? Yeah. And speaking uh, of adapting, you mentioned that one of the big things you've learned so far, I know you're not all the way through the curriculum and, and become certified yet. You're working your way through it, but the levels of progression of the exercises seem to be really helpful for you. Talk about how that's helped. Uh, so that was, to me, was one of the learning uh, experiences that I had because I knew that the push-up work, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it, but I, what I didn't knew is that there's ways to, to, to build the push-up from younger to or weaker to stronger mm-hmm. so if, if you're able to to build a push-up from weaker to stronger initially i was like okay don't do push-ups with eight years old because you're gonna they're not strong enough so they're you, you need to wait for when they're strong enough that so they can do a, a correct push-up and then build up but now with the levels that, that I've learned from, from the program that, okay, you have level one where you can focus on this. Now I'm finding ways that, oh, I can do this with an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm, won't hurt them, mm-hmm. right? I could do this on um, before the practice, the swim practice. So a warm-up, I can do these exercises, let them go in the water, and I will be building strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the developmental groups are good with level one, maybe you can start playing with level two. Yeah. So when these athletes grew up, they will get to senior. Now they will be super strong. Now, <laughs> now you can push them. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's one of the, the things that has uh, helped me a lot from, from, uh, from the prom to, to realize that ooh, we can have adaptations uh, uh, from younger and younger and younger. Like right. That. And again, Luis, I'm struck by the fact of it's not like you knew nothing from dryland. You had some good experience as a swimmer, as a coach. And but then for it to kind of be almost laid out in a systematic form is what I'm getting feedback from and coaches of kind of like what you said. Oh, I can see how I can have three buckets here, basically of levels. And now I figure out where my kids fit in those buckets. And then my goal is to just keep moving them slowly towards the next bucket. But if you don't know what to put in the buckets or even what buckets exist, it's really hard to progress them year to year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree. Like uh, one of the other roadblocks that I have uh, when I first came in, uh, you know, English is my second language, Mm -hmm. right? So some, one of the, of the, um, have a good background because both of my tutors uh, are American coaches. So I mm. kind of learned kind of the uh, language, the swimming language in English. So when I came to Canada, I was, hey, I know some things, but not everything. So sometimes I'm trying to teach something that I know I'm good at and always got some <laughs> results, but the yeah. kids, they, when, when I finish explaining, they, they just look at me like, uh, what are you saying? So, I, I, I also had to learn the language, right? <laughs> so that's the, with this, like for example, other um, like squats and hinge and, and the way that you put the core work and you, you, you name it brace, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it makes sense because brace means keep it tight. Yeah. So, uh, and I was like, okay, let's do core work. And they go like, what's core work? I know what's core and I have been explaining, okay, the core is not just your six pack or your eight pack is your your, your belt. And then they go like, uh, what's the difference? (laughs) 
but now that I, I, I can apply that language and I can apply these different levels, as you said, I can play with the buckets, I can play with what I have here, what I have there. And if something is not working, I can quickly say, stop, change it for this. This is the new variation. And, and it, now you're adapting it to every individual, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that's where you get the most results when you could be individual as hard as that is, you know, but now you have the tools and you're learning it. Uh, Luis, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing, you know, your journey, whether it's the totality of your coaching career or just this last year, that probably seems like a few years packed into one yeah, as well. Any parting words for other coaches that are maybe thinking about enrolling to become surge strength, dryland certified? Uh, I absolutely recommend, um, even though you, 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 you are, uh, very experienced with dryland, I think that, um, seeing different, uh, sources of knowledge also helps you to, to continue that putting your, uh, your buckets, your options. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that a swim coach that only knows how to swim coach then doesn't know anything you know what i mean um, i think that you have to expand the spectrum of your knowledge mm -hmm. you don't have to be an expert on everything because we're not going to be experts on everything but as as much as you expand that uh, knowledge and, and you have more ideas from experts then you have a better option to to adapt and, and you have uh, more resources, more tools to bring them up when you need it. Like, uh, mm -hmm. like COVID just show us that you have to be ready to boom, <laughs> quickly adapt tomorrow, right? So um, I'm I'm not doing dryland, and I don't recommend to 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 enroll into a dryland certification just to be prepared for another COVID area. Right? No, it's just because a swimmer get injured uh, like um, you, you get someone that comes in that it's weak and mm -hmm. you have to match it up so so all of those tools all of those resources really 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 help your uh, your toolbox uh in, in every swimming certification that you take it doesn't matter i have asked i have uh, the, the canada swimming any of those certifications like they they based the knowledge on making your toolbox bigger Right. right. Dryland needs to be part of that toolbox. You need the dryland toolbox uh, as part of that. Right. Um, that will be my advice uh, about it. And I, so far, I'm not done with the program, but so far I'm having uh, fun. Uh, I'm going super slow than what I wanted at the beginning. And the reason is because I have to see some of the videos. I have to see them like two or three times mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm, oh, what's that? So then I have to go on internet and, and, and research a little bit more to understand that. So I don't move forward until I understand the concept correctly. But that's, that's maybe just me, right? Or maybe you can go at, at a faster pace or I don't know. But I think that to me, it has provided a lot of information. That's awesome. Luis, I'm so excited to see how your club's going to do in the next year, whatever seasons look like. I think they got yeah. a great leader in you. You're being able to adapt Thanks. really well under hard circumstances. Uh, I just appreciate you coming on, sharing your experiences. I'm sure other coaches are going to be able to pull nuggets from what you're doing 
and start implementing it or just even get some ideas of, oh yeah, maybe that's what we can do with our Zoom dryland. So thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, for the invitation. I really had a good, a good time talking. Uh, I hope this helps. So uh, thank you for the invitation. Open enrollment to become CERD Strength Dryland Certified is coming soon. Learn more about becoming SSDC at surgestrength.com slash certification. Open enrollment will be for a limited time only. So join the SSDC waitlist and don't miss this chance to gain more knowledge about dryland. When you become SSDC, you'll be able to save yourself time and frustration while getting better results with your dryland training. Get ready for open enrollment to become SSDC today.